Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to yet another edition of the AJ Bruno Show. We're sticking with the entertainment theme again this week as I welcome Jordan Hayes to the program. She's a Canadian actress who starred in the Sci Fi Channel television series Helix. Hello, Jordan. It's nice to speak to you. Hey, it's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Sure, of course. So before you ever played a doctor, you originally were in a pre-med program before deciding to switch gears to theater. What caused that? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, so I was pre-med my first year of college, and um, I guess I, I decided pretty early on to my first semester that I wasn't really into it because I spent most of my time playing ping pong. Um, so I decided that I needed to switch and do something that had a little bit of a lighter course load. So I, I had never done any acting before and I just auditioned for the theater program because it seemed like it would be a little bit, uh, a little bit less work than, than med school. And, um, yeah. And then I actually ended up really enjoying it. That's great. So I'm also curious, you were born and grew up in Quebec, but you don't have the typical French-Canadian accent. Was not having that uncommon in your area, or was it more widespread than most would think? Um, yeah, so I um, I was born in Montreal, which is, um, it's about like a 50-50 split, French and English. Um, yeah. I grew up more so on the more Anglophone side. Um, half my family is French, and growing up in Quebec, um, everyone's pretty much bilingual. So I am bilingual. I do speak French, but English is my first language. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what sort of professional theater work did you do? Um, how did you land your first roles on screen? So I, I studied classical theater in college and, um, but I, I pretty much knew that I would, I wanted to go into film and TV. So um, the first role that I booked was a, a horror movie called hidden 3d, which was actually the first, Canadian 3D movie. We actually shot it in 3D. A lot of times, I'm not quite sure how they do it now. Now they probably shoot everything in 3D, but this was back in like 2010. So back then, a lot of movies, they would shoot in 2D, in 2D and then they would convert them into 3D because it's a lot more expensive to shoot in 3D. But this movie, we actually shot it in 3D. Um, so that was my that was my first, first feature film. And then... Um, and then from from there, I you know moved on to TV shows and and more movies. So, do you think it's easier um, coming in as a Canadian compared to an American in terms of getting into your industry there, or do you think it's about the same? I mean, it, I, th- I guess it's kind of the same because it is you know there are there are less opportunities, but the, it's less saturated. There's less competition, so. I guess it kind of evens out. I think for me, it was a lot easier for me to get my foot in the door in Canada and then be able to go down to the States and, and get more work. Um, you know, and even even still a lot of the American stuff that I've worked on, we've shot in Canada. Because um, there's a lot of stuff that shoots up in Toronto and Vancouver and Montreal. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I think for, for me, it was definitely easier to, to break in in Canada and then make a little bit of a name for myself and then go down to LA. Yeah. That's something I find curious because so many American shows shoot up in Canada. I guess they make it more enticing, but um, you know, it's strange how much shoots up there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, 
you know, I think it has to do with, you know, we have a lot of tax credits. Our, our government has a lot of tax credits for stuff that shoots up in Canada. And because the dollar um, is obviously less, so you get a little bit more for your, a little more bang for your buck up in Canada, I guess. Yeah. That helps. So yeah. before you um, got on Helix, you had a lot of other roles. Was there one of those that you most enjoyed and why? Um. I guess, well, right before I did Helix, I directed my first short film, which played at TIFF. And that was pretty special for me because it was something that I had wanted to do for a while. Um, I, I had been writing for a couple of years leading up to that. And, you know, it's funny as, as a female actress, I mean, things are certainly changing. But, you know, when I first started on the industry, I found myself going out for, you know, hot cheerleader or you know, cute neighbor. And so mm-hmm. I just always wanted to write a little bit more dynamic roles for women. And so that's how I started. And so I think that that was probably my, my favorite project that I, that I worked on. And, and it was really fun. I just did it with a bunch of friends and, you know, we shot it for no money and uh, shot it in Los Angeles and it actually turned out pretty good. And we got to play TIFF and a bunch of other film festivals. And it was really uh eye-opening to that to the other side of the to be on the other side of the camera well anticipated a future question but now uh, since we're on the (laughs) subject i know (laughs) you've uh you've written and directed uh, a couple short films Uh, do you want to talk more about uh, doing those what brought those about and whatnot yeah yeah i mean as i said it the impetus really came from just you know wanting to write um strong female roles and wanting to tell stories and um, you know, get my voice out on the page. And yeah, that's, it's, it's just really sort of shifted to more so producing and writing over the last couple of years, um, which has been, which has been really fun and really creative. And, um, you know, acting is great, but a lot, a lot of times you just, you know, you just get to set and you just say your lines and you're not as involved in the creative process as, um, as for myself, I would like to be. So, yeah, it's really opened up a couple of doors and, um, you know, I have a great producing partner, Max Toplin. He plays Harold on Suits. Um, He's also my best friend. So him and I have really been hustling for the last couple of years, producing our own own stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's going pretty well. That's great. So I know you had moved to L.A. and then soon after you got cast in Helix, which filmed in Montreal, what was that like making such a huge move only to catch a break like that that required you to move right back? Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. I think it was like within like four or five months of, of making the, the move to LA that I had to come right back up to Montreal. Um, and it's funny. I, I know a lot of actors who have very similar stories. Um, you know, I think it goes back to, to what I was saying before where, you know, if you're just looking at it from from a fiscal point of view, from the producer's point of view, if you have someone who has Canadian citizenship, you're eligible for more tax credits and stuff like that. So I think mm-hmm. that is a small advantage that Canadian actors have if something's shooting in Canada. There's a little bit more incentive on the producer's part to cast a Canadian actor. Um, but, I mean, it was, it was, it was a little bit jarring because it was a big move for me to actually decide to go to Los Angeles but um you know Helix was great and and I loved working on it and you know I got to go home and and got to see my parents on the weekends and stuff so it worked Mm -hmm. out pretty nicely so for those four or five months before you got on that what was what were you mostly doing there 
Um, just mostly auditioning and really getting to know the, the scene down in L.A., meeting the casting directors, going on general meetings, and, um, and yeah, just kind of learning what L.A. is all about because it's, it's such a huge city. It really is like four or five different cities all in one. So yeah. just kind of getting the lay of the land and then got shipped right back up to Montreal. So Makes sense. Although Toronto is a huge city, too. Yeah, yeah, Toronto's great, and I actually, I, I, I just moved to back to Toronto um, just under a year ago, so mm. I'm, I'm back up here now, and um, it's good. I had to, I spent my first winter in Canada in like eight years, and it was a pretty long winter. I don't know about you guys in New York, but we had, we had a, a snowstorm here in like the middle of April that was just atrocious, and it just felt like summer. <laughs> was never going to come. Um, but now it's here. So I'm pretty excited about that. Now uh, the snow is not usually bad that late, but I guess that comes with the territory of being in Canada. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so on, on Helix, um, <clears throat> your character was named Dr. Sarah Jordan. Was that just a coincidence or did your first name <laughs> have anything to do with it? <laughs> no, that was, that was a coincidence. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. Actually, there's a couple of, couple of scenes where Billy Campbell like my name is Sarah on the show but there's a couple of scenes where he just called me Jordan um which I guess could kind of work but he didn't say Dr. Jordan or anything he would just say Jordan so um it worked out pretty easy it made it easy for the crew to you know just call me by one name instead of confusing me with my character's name um yeah that was that was just a a total coincidence but I do remember when I when I first got the audition Whenever you see your name as a character, you're always like, "Oh, maybe, maybe this is a sign. Maybe I'll get it." Hmm. Well, so was there a particular scene or interaction that you most enjoyed for your character? Um. Yeah, I mean, I I really really loved playing Sarah Jordan. It was just really nice to play, you know, a smart, young, ambitious doctor, and um, I loved it when. Uh, the writers would give me these huge, like, long monologues with all this, you know, medical jargon and stuff, and I loved all that. But um, I guess my favorite part was when I found out, they told me pretty early on, I think after, like, the second or third episode, that my character was terminally ill. And so that was really nice. It gave me a lot to play with, like, a lot of, you know, as an actor, you always want to have, like, secrets for your character and, and, and depth. So that was pretty cool to be able to play that. And then, um, you know, when they flipped it around and my character became immortal, it was just like another layer on top of that. Um, But I really, really liked working with Billy. Like Billy and I are so good friends. And it was just really nice to have somebody like Billy Campbell being the lead because he really set the tone for the rest of our cast. And like he, a nicer individual you could not imagine. He is just, he's, he's the best. And so, yeah, I think I think working with him was was probably the highlight of the show for me. Yeah, now, I saw a few things where you talked about how great he was to work with. Um, so, what was it? Yeah, on set or how he would interact with everyone that just made him so enjoyable. Um, I mean, he's incredibly caring and giving, and and so generous with the crew. And he's actually really really funny. And I don't know if Billy's ever done any comedy because he's always playing such serious characters, but he's actually really, really funny. So he would always keep us laughing in between takes. Yeah. Yeah. 
one thing with him, I remember when he was on the uh, 4,400 years ago and he took off like a year, a year and a half to go sailing around the world. So pretty. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a funny guy. He's got a, I mean, he's, he's living in, in Europe now, but there was a point, I think he, yeah, his, he had his boat up in Nova Scotia and yeah, he loves boating and just growing out his beard and, and just being a, a simple guy. So He's uh, he's yeah. definitely a rarity as an actor, but he's just so down to earth and yeah, such a sweetheart. That's great. So to me, the, the show seemed really great in season one. I loved pretty much everything about it. Um, you know, the writing and everything was on par. But in the second season, it seemed like he got a bit muddled and lost to an extent. What did you think of that, or did you see it differently? And you know, comparing those two together. No. What did you think? Yeah, I, 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 I think you hit the, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, yeah, it was funny when when the second season came out and we started getting scripts. It was, it just became very hard to keep track of everything, and I think that's a tricky thing with sci-fi because you, you know, you you got to take risks and you got to go out there and you you don't want to be leading the audience by the hand. You want to have, you know, surprises and and complicated storylines and stuff, but the risk is is that it just gets too convoluted and and then there's just really nowhere to go from there. So I think that maybe uh, maybe the writers fell victim to that in the second season, just trying to do too much and just falling a little short on connecting all the dots. Yeah. And it was such a you know, radical change from the first one. I, think. I don't know yeah. what going for exactly, but... I don't strange. know either. You'd have to ask, you'd have to ask the writers that one. <laughs> I'll have to ask them, yeah, <laughs> apparently. Uh, so the... Um, one thing I did like, and of course, at that point, it, it didn't matter, but uh, the ending in season two was intriguing, to say the least. Did they tell you anything about where the next season was heading, and were you expecting to come back for another year at the time? Um, yeah, I think at the time, we were we were expecting to come back, just because, you know... I guess like the ratings weren't great, but we did have really, really great fans. And again, with sci-fi is that it's one of those genres where, you know, even if it is a small audience size, the audience, like the fans are so rabid and so dedicated. Um, I think, yeah, we were, we knew it was going to go one way or the other. In terms of the storyline, they did tell me that I was going to be, that I was kind of switching gears and I was going to be kind of like a villain. Um, Hmm in the third season, which, um, which I, I thought would have been cool again, just adding like another layer to the character. But I think, like you said, like the second season really became fairly disjointed that it's very possible. They had no idea where it was going to go. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> one thing that stood out for me, because I know you filmed in Montreal, but when I'm watching the show and then the first season, it doesn't seem like you're in Montreal. Like I'm believing it's somewhere in the Arctic and it's, you know, really convincing. Yeah. So we shot that all in, in Montreal, there's like, there's, there's one big studio, it's three studios, but it's all owned by the same people. And that's where they shoot all the X-Men movies and they really are great studios. Um, And so when we were shooting the first season, X-Men took up every single stage <laughs> in Montreal except for two, and we had the other two. Um, and yeah. we had really, really amazing VFX artists and great special effects artists. And, um, yeah, they did a really, really good job. And I remember 
I think it was the first, I think it was the very, very first episode and we're wearing these huge giant Canada goose parkas. And we were shooting that in like, I think it was like July or August or something. And it was so hot out. So, I mean, even though we were in the studio and they had the air conditioning, air conditioning uh, blasting, it mm. was still like, you know, it was still really, really hot out. But we were, you know, geared up in all these these big parkas. But um, yeah, I thought that they did a really good job with with all the all the VFX and all the stuff for up north. And and our our, our set was really really cool. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Star Trek, like all the walking scenes and going through the door as it just opened. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I know you're not a, a huge sci-fi fan, but um, we did have a Star Trek actor on last time. So are you a Star Trek fan? Um, my brothers are huge Star Trek fans. I <laughs> am not as as much of a fan, but I still enjoy watching them. Who, who did you guys yeah. have on? Uh, Armin Shimmerman. Cork. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. How was that? Uh, great. He was great. So that was uh, definitely entertaining. Um, yeah, I'll he's have a to tell my brothers about that. Yeah. Really? No, yeah, I didn't oh. know that until recently. So. Is is so he British? No, <laughs> no, he's not British. He's American. But um, oh, I don't know why I just assumed yeah. that anyone who likes Shakespeare is British. <laughs> yeah. That's that's unfair. If you like Shakespeare, you must be British, like Patrick Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, wondering. So you said X-Men was filming there. Did you have like a Hugh Jackman run in or anything or no? Or no? Yeah, I was actually there. I went to set when they were shooting, I guess this was, I think it was the X-Men Days of Futures past, the one where they go back in like the 70s. I think that was the oh. one that was it. But it was the scene where Quicksilver, because um, you know how he like runs and everything slows down. And it's the scene where right. they're kind of in like a kitchen. He's like running all up and down the walls. So they were shooting that scene, and I remember the DP is saying how they were shooting it at, like, I don't know, like a billion frames a second or something ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that was pretty cool. It was a day where, like, I think Fassbender was there, Hugh Jackman, McElroy. Yeah, so pretty much everyone was there. But, yeah, it was it was, uh, it was pretty cool, and, and it's such a great thing that they always shoot those in Montreal because um, it really, you know, everybody loves – loves it when they come to Montreal. So it's a big, big thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So in the past few years, you were cast in a really interesting sounding pilot for the USA Network called Poor Richard's Almanac. Um, what can you tell us about being involved with that? Um, that was by far my favorite thing that I've ever done in my entire life. I cannot believe that that pilot didn't get picked up. It was, mm-hmm. when I read it, I was, so blown away I got to the last page I turned right back around and I read it again three more times right through the writer for that um Jim Gray he's so phenomenal he's such a talented writer and he wrote this amazing pilot that was it was basically like there was five uh or no there was four of us main characters and we were all based off of um the founding fathers of America and the show took place in the present and then uh, 15 years into the future where um, the Soviet Union had taken over the United States and our four characters based off of the founding fathers were started a revolution to take the states back. Um, 
so my character was based off of James Madison, and her name was Madison, and she was a uh, paranoid schizophrenic conspiracy theorist who basically what happens is there's a bunch of terrorist attacks that all happen at the same time, and everyone is like, oh, it's radical Islam, and my character is like, no, 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 it's like it's the Soviet Union. They never collapse. They've been plotting this for like 15 years. And it was like incredibly expansive. We had Neil Marshall directed it. He um, he directed a bunch of Game of Thrones uh, episodes, and he just did um, the remake of Hellboy. And or no, is it Hellboy? Yeah, Hellboy. I think. Yeah. Um, and it was just it was such a phenomenal cast, and 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 the writers and producers were all so so great, and. I mean, I saw it, and the production value of it was, I mean, through the roof. It looked like a movie, and for whatever reason, I mean, this is just kind of the way that the game goes sometimes. Um, we didn't we didn't get picked up, so it was pretty sad, and it was the best character that I ever got to play because she was, hmm. like, crazy but brilliant and and vulnerable, and, and yeah, so that was a dream. So it's too bad that it didn't go, but... Um, the writer for that, Jim Gray, we still talk every now and then, so I'm really hoping that him and I can work together on something soon. Yeah. I was yeah. looking into that show, and it doesn't seem like they've ever even released it. So is it going to ever see the light of day, do you think, or probably not? No, I don't think no. so. I mean, I mean, maybe I have a copy of it. No, I don't have a copy oh, of it. Oh, you're not allowed to share <laughs> No, I did see it. I should have bootlegged it. I should have bootlegged it at the screening. Mm. Um, no, it's it's yeah, it's a shame. I mean, I don't know what happens to to the pilots when they don't go anywhere. I don't know if they just destroy them or whatever. But um, I saw it, and I can tell you that the world is missing out because it was a really really good pilot. Now, some pilots yeah. they release, some they don't. But I mean, they spend all that money on it. You think they should at least air it? But uh, I know it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. yeah. So you've uh, you've appeared in, in several movies as well. I know you mentioned one before. Um, did you have a favorite among those? And how was working on, on some of these films compared to the TV work you've done? Um, I, yeah, I mean, being like a regular on a TV show is really great because it's like a family and, you know, you get so close with the crew you're spending you know more time together than you do with your own families but um but movies are fun because it's just like a little a little slice of that I think my favorite movie that I worked on um was a movie directed by Michael Dowes with uh Daniel Radcliffe and Zoe Kazan it was called it was called what if it was also called the f word so I'm not sure what it's going by now but um but that was really fun it was a romantic comedy uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Zoe Kazan, and Adam Driver, and they were all so lovely, and it was really great to to be able to work with them. And the director was a Canadian director, Michael Dowd, who is extremely talented, and he's also like six foot five, and he's huge, <laughs> and he runs <laughs> he runs a great set, and and just has so much fun. And and I was actually able to do a little bit of improv on that, and I think it's the only one of the only comedies I've ever done. So so that was pretty fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, in um, in Helix, I don't think your character focused so much on comedy. 
No, no, I don't think no. she could be funny even if she tried. No. She's pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty depressing as a character. Yeah. Always dying or, or in the lab, I don't know. Um, no, yeah, she was good, but she wasn't funny, that's for sure. No, no. Uh, dealing with deadly viruses, I guess it can only be funny. Yeah. Some, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So what are the sorts of shows and franchises that usually interest you personally? Um... I mean, I, I mean, TV has changed so much. Like, you know, the the quality of television that we're seeing now that you know Netflix and Amazon and, and HBO are putting out, they're really just like, you know, they're like ten part movies. Um, so I really like, um, you know, like psychological thrillers. Black Mirror is amazing. Um, uh, yeah. I've, oh, really? Okay, okay. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. I, <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I really like, um, you know, yeah, psychological, you know, kind of like, you know, just smart stuff. Um, I've never really been into, like, sitcoms or kind of, um, for lack of a better word, like, cheap comedies. Um, But that's probably just, like, the the serious actor in me talking. Yeah. No, I mean, especially now, I don't think there's really many or any good sitcoms on or comedies it seems like that era is kind of gone for whatever reason too so yeah yeah i, I don't yeah. know i guess maybe we've kind of evolved from it and i'm sure in you know 15 years they'll come back with a vengeance because that's how it how it always happens but um no. yeah i think that we've we've just kind of i guess outgrown it and, and maybe the audience's palettes are just a little bit more refined now so besides for black mirrors anything else come to mind or is that the the main one I mean, I obviously love Game of Thrones. I started reading uh, the books when I was in high school, so I've always been a big, big fan of those. Um, what else Me am too. I watching right now? My favorite dead. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, they're all pretty much dead. So. Yeah, they're all dead. <laughs> <No. laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember when I was reading the books, when I, I was reading the third book, and my brothers were reading them as well, and they had obviously finished them and they were like, just wait, just wait. And then I read the red wedding and I think I cried for like two days. Um, it was pretty depressing, but, um, but yeah, there's, there's another show called the last kingdom, which is like a historical, uh, fiction. It's based off of a series of books by Bernard Cornwall, which this called the Saxon stories. And the books are actually really, really good. And the TV show I think is pretty good too. Um, Hmm. But yeah, I've always loved like you know like historical, historical uh, fiction and you know those big budget movies like Troy and Braveheart and Gladiator and that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, those are some good ones. I um, I'm mm-hmm. big on history myself. So there was a kind of a history slash sci-fi show that just got canceled called Timeless. Maybe you would like that. That just ended. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think Neil yeah, directed the pilot for that. I've also been watching. I'm, my husband and I are doing a huge rewatch of uh, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," which has been pretty fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I've heard that's good too. Haven't watched that one yet though. So, uh, are there any particular challenges as an actor that you'd like to the chance to take on in the future? Um. Yeah, I mean, in in a perfect world, I would just love to play the character that I didn't get to play in Poor Richard's Almanac, the pilot that didn't go. Um, 
I think it'd just be really, when I was preparing for that role, I did a lot of research on um, schizophrenia and I think it'd be really challenging to play a, um, a character who had um, some kind of mental disorder or something, something where they're like borderline brilliant, but crazy because finding that, that line to teeter is very, um, it's, it, it gives you a lot to play with as an actor. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. So uh, now that you've been on a, a sci-fi show, have you been invited to any conventions or had any experience with that? Yeah, well, I did. Um, I haven't, I, I, I've never wanted to do any of like the, like the, well, I, I did Comic-Con. I did Comic-Con like a couple of years ago and that was really, really fun. Um, mostly because it was in San Diego and San Diego is just like the most beautiful place in the world. Um, mm. And yeah, so it was really fun. It was nice to get to, you know, meet the fans and, and interact with that. But I am a, a pretty private person. Like I don't have any social media or anything. So I guess yeah. I like to just, you know, uh, stay home, watch movies, cook food. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too, too big into, into that kind of stuff. But, I, but it, I, I will say it was really cool to get to meet the fans and, and talk with them when I did go to Comic-Con. No, that's great. And there's an advantage to not using social media because it, it's kind of <laughs> uh, not so great anymore, I think. It's a little bit too much. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's too bad. I think yeah. it's, you know, it's it's one of those things that could be really, really great. And unfortunately, sometimes it just gets, you know, used for the, for the wrong thing. And um, But, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, like, it's, it, it's a big part of being an actor. Like, I know I've, a lot of people have told me, like, you should be on Instagram and you should be on Twitter and all that stuff. Cause you, you know, it is a marketing tool and, you know, as an actor, you do have to kind of create your fan base and market yourself, but I've just chosen to not subscribe to that. So no, and plus I'm, I'm getting old now, so I don't, I don't have time for that kind of stuff. <laughs> You're getting old. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, that's probably why a lot of them do it just for the marketing point of view but um yeah especially and, if someone some people yeah. are, are really good at it you know like i remember when we were doing helix like the actors would live tweet and stuff and i would i would never be able to do that because i would just get so flustered and, and i would just write stupid things i'm sure so some people are really good at it i'm i'm not no <laughs> yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> so uh what can you tell us about any projects you have coming up um, so I am in pre-production now. I'm producing and acting in a psychological thriller that I'm really excited about. I can't say too, too much about it. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, we're supposed to – we're going to start shooting in Toronto uh, second week of September. So I'm pretty excited about that. So it's been a lot of work on the pre-production side producing-wise, and then I'm hoping that um, by the time we start shooting, I will have done all that work and I can just concentrate on the acting. Yeah, that's great. But you said you're focused more yeah. on what producing and writing than acting, or you're still doing all of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really trying to to focus more on on producing and writing. Um, mm-hmm. So. So yeah, so doing that, but then still auditioning and, and stuff. But but yeah, definitely focusing more on on writing and producing at the moment. Great. Yeah. Well, um, that uh, that's it, and, and thanks again uh, for coming on. It was great. Thank you so much, AJ. I hope you have a great day. Sure, I appreciate it. Bye. Okay. Bye.
that was Jordan Hayes. Uh, we had a talk about her work and uh, the entertainment industry for uh, second consecutive week. So we're going to switch things up next week. We had to push Ken Gauze, then he's schedule filled up. And so we're going to have that show next week. And uh, that should be good, discussing North Korea. And uh, you know, there'll be some more in the, in the works coming up soon. So until next time, once again, this has been A.J. Bruno for the A.J. Bruno Show. And I will see you then. Bye.